Equine Athleticism at its best. The King is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Sprint Lane podcast. Welcome to the show, Jess Watkins, Freddie Hastings, and our special guest this morning, Dave Watson. Welcome, guys. Great morning, to be Paul. here. Good to be Fantastic here. to be launching the Sprint Lane as a podcast. Obviously, it's it's a project that we've wanted to uh, to pour some energy into for a little time. Actually, COVID got in the way initially. Uh, all this gear's been in been in action now for well over a year. COVID got in the way, and but here we are, and we've we've put the all star team together. Pretty exciting to have you guys. Well, it's good to be here. It's good to have a real star here on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by, it's like a constellation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great to have David Watson with us. We'll get to one in a sec. Um, hey, it's been a big week in the world, hasn't it? Uh, obviously, the, the sad passing of the Queen. Got any raw stories, Jess? I, I see you've got the pen there. Yeah, I've definitely got my pen here with the jewel in the crown and the English flag. But yeah, no, no royal stories for me. Freddie, you're the king of Menangle, surely. No, the King of Menangle was King of Swing, and I got to call him many times. So that's the, my biggest brush with royalty, King of Swing. Well, we've got the King here with us. Yeah, well, no, the King. I, I don't know about that. No, I, I don't have any royal stories. Well, none that I can say here in the podcast anyway, Paul. So we'll leave those <laughs> stories to um, the green room. I've got one. I actually have got a photo at home with the new King himself, with Prince Charles. Just me and the King. I, the, the story goes, I was working in England. I was over there playing cricket. And I, I got a job working for the police force. Now, we had this, the chief constable, he's the head on show of the, the police force. And we had this event. And because of his links to the agricultural society and the, the county that I was in, the chief constable said, I need a photo with, with the Prince Charles at the time. And I said, righto. So all day I'm sort of navigating around the paparazzi trying to get a photo with the bloke. But he, he kept sort of staying, sort of, he didn't want it to be too obvious. So all day I'm sort of doing this, this sort of jiggling act trying to, trying to get a photo. Well, then he came back. When all the paparazzi left, he came back and met everyone. So we sort of lined up and uh, he came along and he said, oh, hello. And I, I spoke to him and obviously with an Australian accent, I sort of probably stood out. And he said, oh, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here to play cricket. And he moved to the next person and I had a camera with me and I thought, this is too good an opportunity to pass. Gave it to the next person and straight away I just said, Hey, mate, any chance I can get a photo? The boys hey, back mate. home will love this. <laughs> and he had no choice. He literally, and the photo is like this stunned mullet, Prince Charles and me and him that standing there. So, hey, it had pride of place. It's, I got it printed up as a canvas, but it's got a hole in it. So uh, I don't know what we read into that. But let's, you know, let's hope that there's a successful reign ahead for our new King Charles III. Freddie. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What a story. Hey, hey, mate. Well, did you actually hey, say, hey, mate? And I did, actually. It's, a, it's probably my cringe moment. <laughs> Uh, of my, my time abroad, but anyway, oh, um, wasn't protocols. No, yeah, no. Hey, we were going to have, we were going to have Robbie Morris in the room, but I think um, he's he pulled an alpha move on you during the week, Freddie, and I think he's pulled another alpha move on you by not turning up. Um, heaven on high. And what I was going to do straight away was address the elephant in the room if Robbie was here, because your horse, the Wonder Horse, Heaven on High, got rolled. Oh, geez, Wonder Horse is a bit rich, but no, look, he's a talented horse. Uh, he was having our second start for us in the heat of the carousel, and um, he was beaten half a neck. They came home in uh, sub-27 for the longer trip. They, I think the, the lead time was 48, and they were pretty much one, two right throughout. Both very talented horses. They both arrived from New Zealand, uh, the South Island, on the same flight. 
um, and uh, arrived on the obviously same flight and went to different uh, stables. Ours went to David Thorne and Port or Prince. Uh, went to uh, to the Morris Barn at Lucky Lodge. In fact, Port or Prince, a little bit of trivia, is actually the capital of Haiti, and the French pronunciation. And I'll probably slaughter this, but it's Port or Pas, Port or Pas. Wow. Is how you say it with a French pour au pas. Now, right. if I had called it that in the run, punters would have been scratching their head and saying, <laughs> what's he on? But pour au pas is how you say it if you were speaking about the capital of Haiti in the French accent. But we call him Port au Prince and he's a pretty good horse and he draws barrier one under the preferential draw system. We'll be competitive. It's a good field and we'll obviously cover that a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Um, Obviously, nothing to be discouraged about there. Uh, Jess, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty good. Just been entrenched in watching the royal coverage mm. from the Queen's passing and also a bit of finals footy as well there from the NRL. And, of course, David Watson's with us. Uh, Wano, you, we're going to pour some time a little bit later in the show into what you actually do here at Menangle. Um, and I know you'll probably have a have a joke that'll say, oh, I don't do much or whatever, but, but you're, a, you're entrenched in, in making sure that this well all machine of Club Menangle happens and, and it really is the centrepiece of racing in this state and there's so much racing that goes on. I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit more about that and, and pour into your, your NRL career gone, gone slightly askew there at some point. Fortunately, we won't be speaking for too long about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was, um, it was a good part of my life, good time in my life, all that, but uh, I, yeah, this is what I was... I always say this is what I was meant to do. Freddie, you've had a good seat uh, to see some really good racing here at Menangle over the past week. Obviously, we, we did touch on, on um, Porter Pyle. Yeah, yeah. Porter <laughs> Prince, close. Yes. Um, but but um, as I said, Robbie Morris was going to be with us today. Um, he'll be in action this afternoon. He had a pretty good week. And on the theme of Prince, the Black Prince, mm. we saw the real Black Prince return. Well, he's obviously getting organised for his uh, defence of the, the Len Smith Mile title coming up uh, in October. He uh, he really put the writing on the wall. I thought the week before Fresh Up it was a nice run, but he really was brave. He was really game on, on Saturday night. And uh, Robbie has such a good affinity with this horse. Uh, and just coincidentally, we're in Carousel Week. The Black Prince is a former winner of a carousel back in 2018. So it goes to show the carousel is a good horse's race. And uh, that's where the Black Prince, I guess, first hit the headlines as a, as a nice horse when he won that carousel four years ago. And here he is. Uh, he's already a dual Group 1 winner and, and a obvious slight chance leading into uh, the, the Len Smith. I think he's heading off to Victoria, maybe, just before that. Oh, he is looking at the Victoria. Co- I think he is okay. looking at the Victoria well, Cup after that victory on the... He's a nice horse. Yeah, and, and trained by one of the real good blokes in racing too, Roy Roots. I, I was fortunate I got to spend a bit of time with Roy in the lead up to the Inner Dominion. And the story of the Black Prince I, I found really intriguing and, and a beautiful story. Paul Borg is, is a man who's so heavily invested in the racing industry here in New South Wales and, and basically said to Roy, you know, I, I want to find a horse that's going to get me a, a start and, and a go in these good races. And Black Prince was the one that they identified. And, you know, two miracle miles, you know, Len Smith mile, group one, Victories. It's been a real good journey for the ownership yeah. and the and the Great training career so far. Yeah. Um, Jess, last week Jack Trainer. I spoke to Jack Trainer mm. here after we, we did some publicity work for the for the podcast last Tuesday. We talked about the Norm's daughter race. Uh, he had five starters in that, and I said to him, "Well, which one?" And he said, "Well, hopefully it's the one that I'm driving." <laughs> well, it ended up being that way, but geez, it was it was fingernail stuff there for Bravey Kelly. But um, what a performance! It was. He definitely had strength in numbers there, and he managed to drive that winner as well. But he also trained the Quinella in that with Town Echo running second, and Jack Calligan was 
behind him behind her there. So yeah, it was a great training performance, and we've seen Jack really do a great job with the mares so far this season. He had a double on that card. So uh, the other Robbie also had a, a winner at Menangle on Tuesday too. I'm rocking for Alex Alchin. Um, Speaking of the Alchin name, Ricky Alchin. Geez, he might have a good one there with Montalbano, Freddie. He's always got good ones. So that's one thing with Rick. He doesn't have a, a massive team, but the horses, the quality uh, certainly uh, is outstanding. And Montalbano, uh, he was very good two starts back, but he last week he dominated and won by a massive margin. I think it was 20-plus mm. metres. And uh, uh, he's just got a, a really nice stable around him. Rick always does. And uh, he'll be keen to win the trot on uh, um Saturday night, which we'll cover a bit later on, because if his horse can win the trot, Tough Monarch, he'll become the most winningest horse here at this track. Yeah, it's illustrious companies there with cash and flow. Um, he's been a great horse for him, Tough Monarch. He was a little bit slow in his career. Early on, oh, he was, early on, he, he could he do had, things wrong. some voices. Yeah, especially yeah. near the 600. Yeah, you get to the 600, you want to skip and dance and prance, but now he's just a, a tradesman, isn't he? Mm-hmm. It was a week of some really big margins, actually. Um, we have a look at Breeders' Challenge, obviously produced some, some great results. We sort of go through some of them. Uh, we had Brooklyn Bridge for Ellen Bartley and Blake Jones down there in Albury. Um, that was on Tuesday night in the Breeders' Challenge, three-year-old Colts and Gellies. That was 16 metres. Uh, Spoon the Moon for uh, won the three-year-old Phillies heat there in, in Albury. Good drive from Rodney Coelli and, and obviously for David Kennedy. And he had three in that race. Uh, flare up at Tam- – I was at Tamworth last Thursday. Brad Elder – Beautiful drive on flare-up, um, winner in the three-year-old Phillies heat. But the highlight, it, it was fantastic at Tamworth. There was a real buzz there because mm. we saw some really good racing uh, um, and, and Leap to Fame in action there. Um, I mean, you couldn't write a ticket for Leap to Fame, went around at Tomato Sauce Odds, but just got the cash. Only just scraped in, Jess. Yeah, doesn't he look like a world with uh, a horse with the world of it at his feet? I think he's in for a really good end to the season and especially in this Breeders' Challenge series. But also looking to next year when the Tab Eureka rolls into town, I think it'd be a really strong chance there. Special mention to Tommy Ison because he, you know, probably no one gave anything a chance other than Leap to Fame, but Teddy Disco nearly nearly got the... Wasn't much in it. Yeah, nearly got the biscuits there. And it was a great drive from uh, from Tommy Ison, who is a, a star there in that in that northern region and up through the Hunters. So well done, uh, well done Tommy. Um I was going to ask Robbie about Tim's a trooper because obviously Tim's a trooper came through, sort of came from nowhere in a lot of people's expectations through the Breeders' Challenge last year, but um, it was very good and ran third in that race. Um, Captain Me at Penrith, Freddie, you were there for, for Jack Trainer. Yeah, look, upset the apple cart, I guess, beating Madrid, who was the hot favourite. Uh, Captain Me in really good form, won the, uh, the Oaks at Bankstown, the Oaks race that they put on at the end of August, and has just seem to have just taken that next step. I think she's going to be certainly competitive, um, whether she can, you know, come here on the big track and upset some of the really good fillies, that's, you know, time will tell. But she did everything she had to do on Thursday. And obviously Madrid got rolled in that, probably a little bit unexpected. Um, then Cameron Hart, the Cameron hart Jared Alchin duo turned up in the next race with my ultimate Ronnie. That to me, when I watched it, I thought... Oh, this is Cameron saying, righto, you might have got past me last time, but it's not happening again, Dave. It felt like a really, really uh, authoritative performance from Miles He's He is an up-and-coming superstar driver. Mm. They just run for him. Cool. Um, cool. And, you know, he got beaten in the previous. That doesn't mean, like, he's going to 
you know, sit back and sulk about that. He knew, knew what his job was mm. and he was just going to make sure it was going to happen. So, you know, and Jared's done a great job with all the My Ultimates. There's a lot of them. Um, there's a few more going around this week. So, a uh, great team and partnership they're putting together between Cameron and Jared. I was just talking to Jared before we came on air, actually, and he talked about My Ultimate Byron. He said, Don't put a pen through My Ultimate Byron yet. It's, he's come back pretty good. He was a P last year. Like, yeah. he, was, he was the standout. Yep. Uh, Maybe his form just wavered a little bit there at the end of the season because his first couple of runs, I think it was his first run here, Fred. It was, it was like how good and then he is went this to Newcastle on Inter Dominion Heat Night too, when he was very good there too. Yeah. So I mean, he's just uh, so and, the and, there. and not but just back on Ronnie before we move move on from Penrith. Uh, unbelievable record at Penrith. Mm. Just has a real good record at that uh, smaller track. So. Yeah. And Relish is racing here too, so he'll be very hard to toss through the series. It's an, Last year, through the two-year-olds, there was this argument, which one's the better horse, but which one's going to come back as the mm. better three-year-old? And Jared's probably Jared's got a very high opinion of Ronnie. Uh, he thinks that Ronnie's potentially going to be a better... I think Jared better. changed his mind about three times. I know, last year. I know. Which one was the yeah. best. Like, it, yeah, it was Byron, it was Byron, then all of a sudden... One. Oh, what about this one? Yeah. And then one of the other ones, I th- um, I can't remember, one, the Simpson. Wasn't Byron was, was the favourite for that? Baxter. 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 Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, his opinion changed a few times. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be an interesting sort of narrative as to how those two come through that three-year-old series and, and how they've come back. Um, we talked about Cameron Hart. Uh, look, if, if he was angry and disappointed in what happened in Madrid, he certainly made up for it. He went four in a row there to, to, on the back end of that. Drove the quaddy. Yeah, the quaddy. Four in a row. Last week. That's the second week in a row that he did that because the week before at Penrith, he also drove four winners there. So an incredible achievement. As a punter, when you're having a quaddy, you sort of think you get to the last week, yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you sort of maybe doving him away from thinking he's going to drive. Law of averages. What about the week before at Penrith? Hasn't been mentioned too much, but the first seven races was won by the Saddlecloth number three. Every race of the first seven races was number three, really? and you wouldn't believe it. Graham Watts had the uh, the favourite in the last race, odds on number three, and it got rolled by uh, David Ferrugia's horse. So yeah, it would have been unbelievable. Yeah, I don't all think that would have ever happened anyway. It was potentially going to be a case of all races, especially given the favourite was was well into the tomato sauce. It was. It was. Have they got the winning percentages, various statistics. Uh, uh, well, I tell you what, stick with the three by the side. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you that number four, and, and we've got a campaign coming up, Jess. With Club Menangle around around the, the prevalence of number four winning. So, um, yeah, that might, yes. might strike the budget yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to hope seven so. times and in that's one a, That's a campaign, yeah. a great initiative around uh, prostate cancer awareness, which will um, which will run through November. That the harness racing industry has been a huge supporter of, particularly Club Menangle and mm. major supported um, Tabcor. So, um, other other races that have been going on around the week. We were at Newcastle yesterday. Really impressed with the the drive of Brian Portelli. Uh, he had two winners there. He drove Foxy Data, probably one of the more impressive winners of the day um, uh, at, at Bathurst. We had a lot of the Metro drivers out at Bathurst during the week. We saw Mahomes do really well out there. Jack Trainer had a double. Um, huge winner in the last. We talk about some some space jobs that, that have happened during the week. An absolute mild, mild victory. Um, Isabel Ross uh, drove a first starter splash at Crimson for Amanda Turnbull. Uh, 53 metres. What's the margin? You say, you, you've seen plenty of races, oh, Freddie. That, that's got to be as big as a margin as that's we're going to see. Big, especially on, on that track. You, yeah. you, you yeah. sort of understand if you get those sort of margins at, at this track here, you know, where a horse can hit high speed and just run away from them. Um, you know, and at Bathurst, it's not quite the same 
length of straight mm. and still won for 53. Yeah. So uh, it'll be a very interesting horse to see it I transition. Think, I think Heaven on High won by uh, 31. 31 <laughs> uh, I think it was 31.3. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that point. Was three. 53. I'll tell you what, if that 53 hadn't happened, I reckon we'd be talking about Mitch Turnbull. He won on Lexi Girl for his dad Steve at Cowra on Sunday. 41 metres, that one. But... Oh, that just feels like a, a, a photo yeah. nail biter, yeah. doesn't it, yeah. compared to what, it, what Isabel and Amanda yeah. uh, turned out. Uh, Newcastle on Friday. Um, again, I've noted down that Robbie had a winner with Dan Fernando there, but a good afternoon of racing um, at Newcastle on Friday. And the heats of the Hawkesbury to Hunter were on too. Grace Pinella picked up uh, one of those, part of the driving double. She's a, she's a star in her own right. Grace Pinella really doing great things. Absolutely. Of course, uh, little sister of Lauren Tritton, who... Is a star in her own right, driving winners uh, in, uh, I'll in tell the you, I'll tell you what, Freddie, I can see that Lauren and Shane are online on our, on our live Facebook feed. So, hi, guys. little shout-out to you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the show, and please stay with us. Um, plenty to get through in this show. It, uh, it's exciting to have this format. Look, if, if there are some little technical flaws, you've got to bear with us. This is, this is uh, a new adventure for us, but, uh, but hopefully everything's coming through fine. I'm really we're looking harness racing. We're used to flaws. <laughs> yeah, really. We've got every faith in you, Paul. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, well, driving the Starship Enterprise by the look yeah, of it. Yeah, it's, it's a great bit of kit. We've just got to, uh, we've got to make sure that, we, you know, we're, that it's all Our going out. It's easy just talking That's into the right. mic. Paul's got all the pressure. We had some pressure early when the, the video wasn't coming through so if we were slightly late to anyone on the live stream that's potentially why but hopefully we got there in the end um if we we have a look at what's coming up uh Cowra is this sunday carnival of cups the start of the carnival of cups uh schedule it's a really oh, i think it's a really great thing that we we take these good races and these good feature meetings out of the country Dave. yeah look um this club's very supportive of that uh what was called the country series is the waratah series now um this club's a lot of money into them over the years. We look at those feature races. So Cowra will have a, a Waratah heat. Um, they're really important to, I suppose, the areas themselves. The areas, and it's great to see the areas, the locals get behind these meetings. Like once upon a time they were here and there and you know, they might have four or five non-tab meetings and stuff like that. But these are on Sky One now. They're feature race meetings. The areas get behind them. They get good crowds. Um, and it's great prize money. Mm. Yeah, incredible prize money that's been offered at these uh, these country cup meetings. I've been very lucky during my career to have gone to several of the uh, Carnival of Cup races, places like Blaney. I've done a Cowra meeting. Um, I've been to Orange a few times when the old Orange track would. Yugara's back this uh, year. They've yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. The Canola yeah. Cup. So, yeah. so and they they will be incredibly well patronised. The, the the people love it. There's always it is the most incredible atmosphere. And we were talking a little earlier about a now defunct racetrack uh, that we both frequented when we were younger. Um, Nowra. It's where I started calling races, and you spent a lot of time there with, with your dad. And and uh, you know those country racetracks, they are just so full of atmosphere. Love oh, it. It's the heartbeat. It's the mm, heartbeat of mm, harness racing. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's great. They can you know, aspire to win a big race here. Yeah, that's where it starts from. Yeah, yeah. and and oh, special mention of uh, Daryl and Rosalie Davis, um, Jack and Alicia there at the at the Cowra Club. I, I had dinner with them a couple of weeks ago. I was doing a road trip around the state to get out and meet with all these clubs ahead of the Carnival of Cups, and you know they they had a meeting in June. It's it's a quirky um, quirky roster they they've 
got they had the last one on the previous rotation in June, and now they've got the first one September 18. So, what what you're going to see um, to people tuning in, and, and I really do encourage anyone to, to get to these tracks if you can, because you're going to see a whole new branding rollout at Cowra this Sunday. Uh, we've completely um, flipped everything on its head. You're going to see a, this pop of colour. We want to put the word carnival back into Carnival of Cups. You're going to see a lot of flags. Um, the hats are hugely popular among the among the, the race goers out there and particularly the, the club patrons who, who invest their time as volunteers to help out these clubs. So you're going to see the hats, there's T-shirts, uh, you're going to see, we've got some stubby coolers as well. Uh, what we're going to do in the next couple of days is start rolling out um, some photos of some of our leading drivers wearing the shirts because they, they've come up come up really well. Um, Paul, don't underestimate the power of a free hat. Yes. We have, we have the winning <laughs> owner's room here and they win carousels. They win $30,000 and $50,000 races and the first thing they ask for, when, have you got one of those winner's hats? Yep. Yeah. Okay, don't worry about the $20,000 you have just won. You've got to get a winner's hat. Yep. So don't they, underestimate they, that. They love it. Okay. Um, on Cara, there was a um, just a, a really good feel in, in the among the committee in the town that, they're progressing in the right direction and they, they're bringing in some new issues. I think you might see some dashing on races there at Cowra on Sunday, uh, which if, I know they're not the first club to do that, but they've been hugely popular at other clubs as well. It's, um, yeah, it's a, I'm excited about what Cowra's going to do. And then you're right, one, it then does roll into, into your gower in a couple of weeks. So I know Jodie Greenall, she's such a, a tireless worker for that club. She does amazing things. Um, and when I met with her, she was so... Um, I guess driven by coming up with something new and original and I said to Jody you haven't been on for a few years you've got such a great reputation in this town for putting on a good show everything old is new again so don't don't stress yourself because they really do put on a great show there at the Gower Carnival of Cups race meeting uh, and that's one that I know they're super excited about about bringing back after a couple of unfortunate COVID-19 enforced uh, layoff years. They had a flood one year too. They did. They got to to that. incredible yeah. rainfall one day, washed them out. Just They've just had no luck in the last no. probably three years. And it, it is one, uh, you know, without, you know, you know, differentiating between the other race clubs that host Carnival of Cups. The Yagara Carnival of Cups was just an incredibly big and very, very popular carnival. Yeah. Yeah. Hostess with the mostess. Oh, they used to they used to pack the joint out on the Sunday uh, for a, a function there, and you know everyone used to go and have a drink and a good time, and then they'd hit the races, and it was just a sea of colour. It yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It should be fantastic. Um, some some really good things, good things that we saw through the week. One, one to mention was at Cowra. I saw a race finish there. I think it was the second last race. Michael Darmacy was calling, and and uh, I think his words were. I don't know where to look. And I think he's, he was bang on, Freddie. I, this looked like a race caller's nightmare. They were seven or eight wide. Mm. The, the, I know we, we, we hear this charge of the light brigade thrown into race calls. It's <laughs> become a bit of a tired cliche. But this really was it. That was the race finish. The roughest in the race ended up winning at Blue Swag Rocker. Mm. Um, tough one to call for Mick Dummacy. He did a good job on it. Yeah, look, they're always tough and challenging, and we, we often get them here sometimes. You know, they fan right across the track, and you're going, well, where do I look? And you try to anticipate best you can. And to be fair with Mick, Cowra being a smaller track, and where he calls from is actually set back yeah. from the harness track. So it's uh, he's even got a more narrow perspective. It's, it's a really difficult job when you've got a smaller track and you're away from them. And he handled it uh, with the usual aplomb and, uh, and yeah, a rough result. But, uh, 
they're never easy. You're sort of in your head. You're hoping they spread out. And yeah, but he was, uh, he was still struggling after the Parramatta loss, though, wasn't he? <laughs> well, probably, yeah, no. But he, he's, he no, the professional that he is, oh, he okay. realised they've got another chance, and he, he knuckled down to the carriage. You've I'm had unlike you've me. Had a, you've had a week <laughs> to get over yours. No, I've had two days. <laughs> no, I don't know how I'm going to go today. We, we, we mentioned before the Mitch Turnbull one by 41 metres. It yeah. actually came straight after that. So we saw the, the polar opposites of what a race, what yeah. a race can Incredible. finish. Yeah. Uh, Jess, some, you saw some pretty good stuff this week yourself? Yeah, there was a really good highlight here on Saturday night with the win of Unfazed in Heat 4 of the Carousel. Charlie Policina, who trains, his wife Lisa and daughter Kristen were also on course. And unfortunately, his son Tim couldn't be here. So for the presentation, they got him up on video call and actually held the photo uh, yeah. The phone up for the photo, so that was a really special yeah, win for that. the family. Those moments, those yeah. moments, you asked, you know, with my job, what's the highlights? It's those moments because yeah. yeah. there was tears, there was emotion, yeah. um, and just I, I think the significance of the win, mm-hmm. yeah. the family involvement. Yeah, good. Charlie's done a great job with that horse. He took a little bit of time to, to find his feet when he when he arrived um, and was racing here, but now he's just really loves the big track. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. That I uh, the. You saw a pretty good one with Sir Simon and, and the connections and, and how that then flowed on through the week, Freddie. Yeah, well, Sir Simon last week uh, for Jake Bagini, but Clayton Bagini, his, uh, his younger brother, uh, had uh, landed his first winner yesterday at Newcastle and uh, both boys are the product of uh, the Penrith Mini Trot Club um, and yet another situation where the Mini Trots are producing these really super talent you know we talk about you know we, you mentioned Grace Panella earlier uh, the Bagini boys you've got Nathan Zerub came through the mini trots and uh, you know through Chris Geary all, all those decent drivers yep. uh, Cam Hart of course you mentioned he'll be Robbie? a superstar Robbie yep. Morris yep. just incredible and uh, you know it just shows you that the worth of those mini trot uh, races that we have they learn their I guess yeah, their, their capacity to handle a horse, uh, albeit a pony, but then they transition uh, through that passion. And mini trots, they're very, very popular. We yeah. had um, the Weekender. Yeah. Um, the Sydney Weekender was here the other day, and I don't know if we're going to touch on it later, but their focus was on the mini trots. That's Sunday week, I think, they're, they're showing that. On It'll be going to air on Channel 7. Or one of the yeah. Channel yeah. 7. Yeah. Um, and their focus on the mini trotters. It was brilliant. Yeah. Like, all the kids got yeah. a day off yeah, school, they which were, great. Well, they were here <laughs> while we were doing the publicity shoot That's last right. Tuesday, weren't they? Yeah. And, and all sort of lined up just behind us where we're sitting right now at Menangle. And, uh, yeah, the smiles on those kids. But, you know, a lot of them are a bit sort of nonplussed. Long may that live that the, when the TV cameras oh. are in front of them, they yeah. can just open up and tell yeah. their story. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic to see so many kids there. And... And harness racing families, the McCarthy's, the Morrises, um, you know, you name them, they're all there and, you know, and, and it was a good exhibition of the future of our sport and our industry. Well, I always say they are the future of the sport. They are the future of our, our industry because so many have come through those ranks. Uh, even in the 13 years I've been back calling harness racing, um, so many of the, the, the kids that I was calling in mini trots when I first came back are now driving the real McCoy yep. with great success. But yeah. I think it's a pathway for future fam- families that actually haven't grown up around horses. How, how do you get involved in this sport? Mm. Well, as a pathway, especially for the kids. The Grimers, there's another one that just sprung yeah. to mind. You know, they're doing great things. Yeah, through it's an opportunity and it's going to get a, a great mm. expo, I suppose, there on Sunday week yeah. on Channel yeah, 7. absolutely. Um, right, Wano, thanks for joining us uh, on the on the show, it, I think a lot coming of people coming off the bench, coming yeah, off the bench. <laughs> yeah, but well, you got used, used to that. that. Yeah. Used to a lot that. of people, I think, a lot of people see you sort of you, you're the guy down there on the track on you know on a on a Tuesday and a, and a Saturday night metro meeting, and um, you know you probably just 
there, but I don't think we've probably ever really explored as to well, what is your job. If you could give us that snapshot of well, what exactly is your job and, and what it, what's the role and responsibility of you on a, at a race meeting? Uh, um, go back to 2004, I remember I had my job interview with um, John Dummacy, who was the CEO of Harold Park, New South Wales Harness Racing Club back then, who's now the CEO of Harness Racing New South Wales. I still remember the sheet he gave us and it was about three pages long. And at the bottom of it, it said um, hours of work. It said up to 80 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember going, I can't... I didn't say it, but in my mind was going, I can't do this. I can't, you just can't do this. There's like That's three weeks' work in a week. Um, so there's a lot of different roles, but I suppose my one of my major roles is putting the programs together. So what people see, and that's how I explain it to just say I'm sitting in a club or a pub and someone says, what do you do? I said, see that up on TV? I, I provide that. So I do the race pro. That's probably where I start is doing your race programs, making sure that there's a progression from... Uh, <laughs> When you do a program, you look at feature races, but what's the opportunities for those horses leading into those races? You look at your programs. I've always looked at it as if I had a horse. Okay, if I've got a three-year-old filly, what's my opportunities coming up in the next month where mm. I can race that? So you've got to put yourself outside your job and just pretend you're an owner or a trainer and see what opportunities. And you might say, oh, I've got a maiden. I've got a, a 70 rater. What's the opportunities? I like a longer distance. Have I got any of those opportunities? So doing a program is just not a black and white. There, there you go. There's a bit of thought bit process, of yep. um, and that can be 12 months in advance sometimes, looking at your programs for those feature races. So that's something I do. Look, the rosters, making sure all the staff are here, the welfare of the staff. Uh, a really important job here is the welfare for the animals. Like, when we built this place and we built those stables, once again, John, Bruce, um, myself, we had a real focus on making it as comfortable for the horses as possible. Um, so that's a real big issue, making sure all that's looked after. Like we've got walking machines when they get here. There's eight wash bays. Um, we've got misting systems in there for when it gets hot. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got any um, flood mitigation. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got to get it's that a little bit better. We've got to move that plug. river. Got to yeah, move that river, the plug, yeah. river there. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a really par important part of the job. Is it's first class too. I mean, we've, we've brought people through... Uh, you know, over the last 18 months, we would bring them through and they want to see the stables and they go in and wows the sort of the immediate response that they get, you know, and, well, and sort of say, well, look at this. This is, this is so much better than we expected. You know, it's, it really is well, first class. Well, in the last couple of months, we've had someone from Western Australia. We've had a couple of people from Victoria, the guys from New Zealand, the Brave View Kelly people mm -hmm. come and had a look. Yep. And they're just blown away by it. They go, wow, this, that looks after It's everything. kind of the blueprint yep. for yeah. how a, a, a racetrack should yeah. look for, yeah. with horse welfare paramount. Yeah. I, I know the Victorians love coming up here, like mm. with the stabling and stuff like that. So, well, no, I tell you what, you, your job's not without challenges. We saw that um, you know, probably manifest itself at the absolute extreme at the Miracle Mile earlier this year. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen I've got you, a little you, bit of coverage. You're, yeah, forever, you're forever a meme running down the, down yeah. the track in the... In, you know, Freddie had a challenge on, him, on his own hands, um, you know, sitting up in the box and, and trying to navigate through some of that rain and, you know, and tell the viewers out there what was going on. Uh, but you, you had to do track inspections out there in it. Uh, is that as challenging a night as you've had in the job? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's the impact of just not what was happening. And I know when we had Sky Thoroughbred Central here, they were loving it. Like, they were saying, this is live TV. We don't usually get this sort of stuff. And they absolutely, like, I remember Hayley Adam and that were going, wow, this is great yeah. TV. I'm going, yeah, it's not so good, you know, um, <laughs> out there on the track. Yeah. They're going, no, it's really entertaining. Um, but what was, you have to 
think about the impact they had on those horses. Those mm. horses are primed for that minute at 9.40 to, minute. Yep. to go. Yep. And 15 minutes before the race is scheduled, you get a downpour like yep. that, they're still ready to go. You're living in hope, but then you start seeing the corrugations that were coming across mm. the track. This storm that was supposed to move through just decided just to... Plonked. Oh, yeah. Right over Hit the yeah. brakes and just sit on top of us. You're living in hope but you know the impact, and then all of a sudden you start thinking of the logistics of, okay, these horses have been in a retention barn, they've got to leave a retention barn, they haven't had a fight, There's, they're still all ready to go. Mm. What's the best, do we put it until tomorrow, do we do it next week? Um, Particularly when you've got, and you've people got inter- are, interstate horses here too. Yeah, People are, are putting it, they're after an answer straight away, yeah. and you don't know. And you were involved with that, Paul. You like yeah. sort of going, "What's going on? What's going on?" I go, yep. I, "I'm really trying to get to that result." Yep. Um, and there was a discussion with Bruce. There was a discussion with Harness Racing New South Wales. What we're going to do? Um, also, Sky would have. Uh, Sky wanted to know. I had to go in and speak to the connections. I spoke to them first. I said, "This is what we're going to do. We're going next week." I know it's not what you want, but we've got to go next week. Yeah. I wanted to let them know first before it come over mm. on air, so they were prepared for that when they did see it publicised. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think it was a no-brainer in the end. There was no way they could have raced in, in no. that weather. But as, as, as you said, the corrugations yeah. in the track were the, were the main thing. Um, how how long did it take to get that track back to repair? Because you, you did... You know, you had to engineer that, you know, with the workers here, and they did an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, like, I'm very... Or when I say oh, the club's very lucky... Have James Chang, Owen Mulligan, um, Darren Beavers, Warren Nash, with a lot of ex- a lot of years' experience. Um, yeah, the time's going to come when that moves on. But between them, they've got about 120 years of track experience. So on Monday, it was still a little bit wet. We called the Tuesday off. Jimmy got on the track on the Tuesday and said, "Right, let's grade it up." Um, he spent all day on the track. By the Wednesday, we were doing well, the Tuesday afternoon. We were doing track work. Um, people couldn't believe the, the turnaround that the boys mm. were able to achieve in such a short space of time. And um, by that Saturday, track was on fire again, and yep. yeah, sub sub fifties, oh. miracle miles, great races, and, and it was the right result. And I know we're touching just on the racing itself, but the impact on this this township here in this precinct and, and the nearby suburbs was just profound. I mean, I was out here a few days later doing some sort of video about you know the flood impact and the amount of water and the damage. Oh my god! Well, just the incredible. The viaduct's gone under four times this yeah. year. Mm. Yeah, the aerial shots are just you send photos of incredible. People, like the entry, and it's yeah. four meters underwater. Yep. Fortunately, the water moves away pretty quick. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to damage. Well, it's a and then you've also got you know taking control of the biggest race that many see on our calendar, which is the Inner Dominion, and that was here in New South Wales um, earlier this year. Uh, sorry, late last year. Um, what's that like to to have control of that race? Yeah, it's. It's a surreal feeling, if that makes sense. Mm. I, I, over, over the years, you know, I go home and I might sit down and have a cup of coffee or, or a beer um, with Dad. Coffee, come um, on. <laughs> okay, more Tell than that, actually, port. port. Oh, port. port. Um, <laughs> and as a kid, I, I remember, you know, you get the trot guide for a Miracle Mile and have all the previous winners on the back page and there'd be a... a Big article on the front page about the Miracle Mile coming. But in all the papers, this, the afternoon papers, the Daily Mirror, the Sun, yep. um, they really feature on these races. And you sit back and go, wow, I, I helped I help pick that field. Or yep. I helped put that field together. I wrote the program for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a surreal moment because you grew up idolising that and to be part of it. But yeah, it, sometimes it's a, it's a pinch me moment. 
especially when you sit back and go, wow, and people come up and go, what a great night's racing. And I remember Sam Nadoy asked us once, he goes, what, what do you, what's your high point? Is someone coming up after, at the end of a night, and go, that was a really, really good race meeting. Yep. That was fantastic yeah. racing, racing at its best. And that's where your enjoyment comes from. Well, the reward in any role, isn't it, it is achievement and keeping people happy and knowing that you've succeeded. And I think we can certainly say that. Mate, probably all skills picked up by scoring meat pies for the Illawarra. It wasn't too many of those. I would have gone hungry if it was a pie for a tell, try. Tell them, what's your so? What's what's the the rugby league pedigree? Oh, look, um, Dad play. He's a very good rugby league player in the local competition. Local competition very strong in the Illawarra. We're talking Illawarra. Illawarra, Illawarra competition. Group seven. Or was no, it's, it, was, it was always the Illawarra, Illawarra competition. Um, it was always a very strong competition. He played in a, a, an era of West, it was Western suburbs mm-hmm. called the Red Devils down there. Um, his coach was Don Parrish, who. Went on a kangaroo tour. Mm. Warren Ryan was in the centres. David Waite was on the wing. Yeah. So there were three internationals in their team. Yeah. Yeah. But they were playing, like, Paul Kemper had a couple of internationals. Dapdo had a couple of internationals. Oscar Danielson and them sort of guys. Mm. Clive Watts, uh, Cliffy Watson played yeah. for Wollongong in the early 70s after his Cronulla stint. So it was a really hard competition back then. So that's he, he was lucky enough to play in that first-grade competition. Uh, went away, captain coaching, so... I was always, there's a few photos there of me being the ball, always the ball boy yep. or the sand boy um, when it was real sand. and Sand you know, back in the day, yeah. The old not the kicking tees. I was always around the rugby league. It was, um, the old man, a bit old school. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, um, you, know, you got to play in the front row. That's where you earn your bread and butter. So come through in the front row, played a lo- bit of local junior rep stuff and... Um, Fortunately, got to play a little bit of first grade with the Steelers and a club called Western Suburbs Magpies. Yeah, so you would have rubbed shoulders with some, some pretty handy players out there on the field too. Oh, look, the Steelers days were good, but it was, it was pre-Super League War. Mm. So, you know, I've spoken about it before. Like, guys would drive their Gemini and their, their <laughs> Commodore and you'd park in with the general public and you'd walk in with the general public and you know, people just pat you on the back and you know, best of luck today. Just, it was just mm. different. Like, you know, you were working. I remember there was a great player called Chris Walsh. Um, he was the club captain. But he'd show up. I still remember this of an afternoon. You get there at five o'clock and he'd show up in his work gear. Mm. Uh, but that was the year, it wasn't yeah. it? They, yeah, everyone was working. worked and then he was a, a secondary income. Uh, Paul McGregor. Oh, then yeah, everyone yeah. was working. Yeah, Wishy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Russo. Everyone had jobs. So, yeah. you know, you do your job and whatever it was and you'd go to training that afternoon. And what was the, what was the saying? It was practice hard, play hard, and party hard. Don't get them in the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a bubblegum card out there somewhere with oh. your mug on it. Scanlon's footy card. Hey, how good were they? Yeah, oh, they, they were good. You could yeah. smell them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loved you them. could smell them. So, no, yeah. The I'm old Scanlon's. David wants friends. them. They're probably got a lot of good friends. Collector's item. You know, kids coming up. Did you have hair? Did you have hair? It was hair. Look out. Kids would have been coming up asking for autographs, wouldn't they? Hey, we actually did. Yeah, no. What's that like? You do. Yeah, you sort of. Once again, it's a surreal moment. You go. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. I, look, and I'm probably giving away a few secrets. I have, I was Chris Walsh a couple of times. No. Um, <laughs> that was more so after the football. Was um, that after, after a game? After, after a, a game, yeah, Chris Walsh. Some kids done show and tell, tell them they met Chris Walsh. Chris, Chris Walsh did yeah. tell a good story once. He um, said a lady come up and asked him who he was and he, he goes, look, I'm Chris Walsh. And she goes, no, you're not. Goes, yeah, I'm Chris Walsh. She goes, no, that's Chris Walsh over there. <laughs> Pointed to you. Straight to me. Pointed to you. <laughs> oh, very good. Bueno, it, it's, look, we, we could talk forever about your, you know, your, 
your background and, and how, what led you to this role. But the, the reality is you do it very well. We're very lucky to have you um, running the show, particularly on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Saturday, sorry. But, but it's everything in between that people don't see that I think um, you know, we should tip our hat to. It's, uh, it's a well-oiled machine here at Club Menangle and Tabcourt Park Menangle on a Tuesday and Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the racing stands up and speaks for itself, but, you know, doesn't Appreciate happen it, without good, pe- good people doing the job. Um, Freddie, just big week ahead, isn't it? Well, we got the carousel. That's yeah. that's yeah. one of the highlights here this uh, Saturday, and we see Port Old Prince uh, battle again with Heaven on High. Some Callan in Black Onyx, Black Onyx, Tay Tay, Unfazed. The list just goes on. Yeah. It's a very Unfazed. quality field, and looking forward to it. Yeah, where are we? I mean, obviously, you've got um, you got skin in the game with this one, Freddie. But uh, who have you got to beat? Oh, if, look, if you're framing a market, yeah. Look, I, I was impressed with. The ones that you just mentioned, Tay-Tay. One thing about the Porter Prince uh, win, his time, and I know we can't pay, a, a, you know, pay too much attention to times over 2,300 necessarily, but his win was a second quicker than Tay-Tay and up to five seconds quicker than Black Onyx. Mm. Um, they went a 48 lead and they come home in 26, I think it was 26-6 or something like that. Um, so, look... Porter Prince, I think, is going to be very tough to beat from Barrier 1 with the, the, the preferential draw. It suits those two horses. But Tay-Tay, I think, is a, is a mare going places, and I think Unfazed just loves racing here. So they're, they're, they're the ones, I think, to beat. The market really liked Tay-Tay last week. Yeah, yeah. So, look, oh, clearly absolutely. Yeah, clearly yeah, absolutely. She's, she's talented, and, uh, you know, I, I know she was beaten by some... Oh, look, Brave You Kelly beat, uh, and Town Echo beat Tay-Tay home. Brave you, Kelly. She is a real top-notch uh, mare, and she'll progress, well, no doubt. Well, class mares, aren't they? She'll so, progress yeah. through to... She dipped a toe into open class open racing class. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, uh, Tay-Tay's run was pretty good. Stayed on well, got pressure early. So, yeah, you've got to respect her. She was good in a heat of the carousel. So it's going to be a great race. And as I said earlier, it's always been a good horse's race when you consider that, you know, one of the names I threw up earlier, the Black Prince, won it four years yep. ago, and we, we know where he's at now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a good story for Black Onyx, the McDowell's. Mm. Um, we do know that Grimo is very good at getting horses up for these big races. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a great race. Uh, obviously, the... Um, the free-for-all is going to be something that I, I think is going to have the harness racing industry really on notice. We've got some some elite going in that. I can't wait to see Expensive Ego. Return. Yeah, I think all eyes will be on Expensive Ego. Of course, we've seen him trial here last Wednesday in 149 and 8. At the trials. Now, at the trials, mm. yeah, and that yeah. was an armchair drive for Luke. So really excited to see how, how he comes back. And, of course, we know he's got bigger targets towards the end of the season with the Inter-Dominion coming up. Yeah, I think it's 2,300 this week, but mm-hmm. the horse does relax. Like last week, he just seemed to do that first fourteen hundred so easy in the mm. trial, didn't he? Yeah. No, he got maybe a little bit tired at the end because like, he only went forty nine eight. Um, but he done it so easy; it was yep. effortless. Yep. There was a horse. Luke never moved. Uh, there was a horse in that trial. They went pretty good. He's in the first race here on Saturday night. I'm not tipping. Yeah. I uh-huh. don't tip. <laughs> but there was a horse that came second in that trial that touched the one fifty mark himself. Focus yeah. strides in the Aaron's. first race yep. here yeah. in a ninety five rider. So. Mm. Look out, you heard it here first. Dave Watson, um, Ultra Orlando's <laughs> turned into a bit of a notorious <laughs> bridesmaid of late. Uh, you know, certainly a, you know, a class horse that... Um, been a know, great horse over the yeah. years. And he's we've got a seen Miracle Miles under yeah, his belt. Yeah, he's, been in, he's placed in uh, the Cups in Victoria. He's just been a super, super little horse and uh, he just keeps, at the moment, bumping into one that's going a little bit better despite, you know, he hasn't always in those placings had 
the best of runs, but uh, and he was taken on in one of the races. So, but he's 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 going to be competitive on Saturday for There's sure. N- nothing wrong with Bundoran's run behind the Black Prince no. the other night too. So well, yeah, that's, that's a great race. That. Yeah, uh, the the um, the Trotters race. So I'm intrigued how Alabama and Ravari goes. Ravani, sorry, um, really sort of progressed through the grades there last year, and then has probably tapered off a bit. But feels like um, yeah, it could be something else coming. Trolled good the other yeah. day. Um, trolled strong. Um, more like how she was when she first came across from the states. So, but I mentioned earlier we we talked about. Tough Monarch, and also dropped the hammers in that race. They're yeah. the two horses, equal with, I think it's Underworked and Cash and Flow and Don Boston. There's five of them that have won 26 races here and dropped the hammer in Tough Monarch. If they happen to upset Aldebaran, Ravani and score on uh, on Saturday, one of those two could be the, the single most winningest horse at this track since yeah. 2008. Well, lucky Lodger roll out Sonny G. Um, interesting, Luke's, Luke McCarthy's taken the drive on Majestic Simon, so yeah, that's a... There was a succession of 153s last year, Adam Baron Ravani did. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. when she won four or five in a row. Yeah. And there was a couple yeah. of clashes with Funky Monkey where yep. they yep. were just je- yeah. yeah. I think there was a 52 in there, maybe even. Um, so if she finds some of that form, they're going to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah. She does save herself. But Jack's usually, Jack's been the driver. Yep. So yeah. that's probably where that influence yeah. is. Yeah. So that's where they've swapped. Yeah. 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 Caligula's in that race too. And Caligula obviously um, went through the, uh, the Inner Dominion and. Yeah, was it? So First oh, I run think the that's other night he'll be better. Yeah, I think that's an intriguing race. That one. Um, we've got some more Breeders' Challenge uh, coming up. We've got Breeders' Challenge heats for the two-year-old fillies tonight at, at Young. That uh, I was there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that club is really excited about not only their Carnival Cups but the Breeders' Challenge program lobbying there. That that should be um, should be a good event. We've got Breeders' Challenge heats for the two-year-olds at Bathurst tomorrow night. Um, watch out for Better Be the Best for Nathan Turnbull, finalist in the Gold Crown. Didn't. Probably live up to the expectations there in that race, but uh, you're not going to get rich if you're back. Better be the best, but probably the one to look out for in that race. Paul, you don't go broke backing winners. That is true, Freddie. <laughs> but uh, no matter the pr- any price, a good price. But I can tell you from first experience, you will if you yeah. get them wrong. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, we got uh, heats for the two-year-olds at Newcastle on Friday. As I mentioned earlier, a Wokara um, Carnival of Cups. And Goulburn's racing on Monday. They, they've got a heat of the Waratah, Jess, which is obviously the, the new initiative of the country series. Yeah, Bono touched on this just before, and what a great series it is. It's fantastic to see those country-trained horses contest a heat, and then if they're lucky enough to qualify for the final, come here and race for 25000 at Clubman Angle. It's very special to always have them and their connections on course. Yeah, plenty to look forward to. Bono, you tipped this into one before with your with focus stride. Um, anything from you, Freddie? I was taken with the run, just back going back to that Port-au-Prince win, uh, beating Heaven on High. Blackhawk Joe's run was superb, I thought. They got home in really quick time, and it was finishing on uh, running through the line after a bit of a chequered passage. And I think Blackhawk Joe, it's an emergency in the carousel. Um, speaking to Rick Alchin, he said he hopes he gets a run uh, because the horse is going really well. But wherever you see it pop up, Blackhawk Joe, uh, he loves the track here, and uh, I think he's going well enough to follow. Yeah. And uh, mine was in the first race from Saturday night, Yanni. I thought he got home in some really quick last two sectionals and the, he's trained by Jack Train and was driven by Amanda on that occasion. But I think he's one to follow into the future. Well, you've got a big race uh, race afternoon of calling, Freddie, uh, here at Menangle. Good program this afternoon. Why don't you got to steer the ship and Jess, you'll be down there trackside and me, I'll just be... Uh, 
I don't know what I'll be doing. I can find you something. I'll just be trying to make yeah. sure the podcast is right oh, for God. next week. Right, right. Speaking of next week, we will be back next week. It, this is episode one of, uh, of the Sprint Lane. Uh, exciting. Thank you, everyone who's uh, sat in on the panel. Um, Wano, thanks for your, your time on the panel. I, as I said, it. we could have talked forever about the, the massive contribution you make um, to this sport and it's forever underestimated, I think. So to everyone out there who's tuned in on the Facebook stream, I can see that there's people there. Thank you for that. Please continue to tune in. And if you've got questions that you want to fire in for our guests, we can address them as the show goes on. But um, the podcast will be available wherever you get your podcasts and and long may it continue and continue to grow. So uh, thanks for tuning into the Sprint Lane and uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.